Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. So welcome to Uncommon Church. We're so honored to have you here with us this morning. Uh, I have a, a fairly short, fairly simple, like if you're like, well, bless God, I've come for the deepest, most spiritual theological word in Greek and Hebrew. That, this is not that day. This is a very simple, I just want to encourage you with the two most important words in the kingdom of God. I'm, this is a simple message. The two most important words in the kingdom of God, the word yes and the word no. And that might be true in your life, that the, the two most important words in your life were yes or no. I remember when I was 21 years old, I asked this beautiful Swedish girl if she would marry me, and she changed my life forever by saying yes. Hallelujah. And um, unfortunately, soon after we were married, she asked if we could get a, a cat, and I made the mistake of saying yes. And then soon after, I said no. I said no to the cat. I didn't say no to the wife. So the cat had to go. So it's awful. Amen. Amen. We are, we are not a cat family. You ever say yes to something and you regret it, like the cat? Like, you ever say yes to, yes, I'll buy that car, or yes, I'll take that job, or yes, I'll take that apartment? And you're like, oh, no. You ever say no to something and you, you find out later with hindsight and you're like, crud, I really wish I would have said yes. That, that yes could have changed my life, and instead I made the dumb decision to say no. Most of you know our friend Jeff Carrico. In 2010, he was a bank teller at a bank in Houston, and a banking buddy came to him and said, dude, there's something called Bitcoin, and I'm going to put a few hundred dollars in. I think you should invest a few hundred dollars. And Jeff Googled what is Bitcoin, and it had something to do with mining on the internet and servers in you know, Norway, and he's like, no. <laughs> Jeff regrets that no. <laughs> there's no's that we sometimes give. Sometimes Christians will say no to things that could actually help them to grow in their faith, they really should be saying yes. And then, that's a pretty good, I'll preach this sermon, here's this, let's pay attention. That was such aggressive encouragement, like that's a really good word, pastor. So I receive it. So I'm glad I, I'm preaching this word. And so often, we say no to things that we should be saying yes to. If you ever find yourself in a sinful situation, like you find yourself in a situation where you are actively sinning or about to sin, the whole thing could have been avoided if you said no a few minutes ago when you were tempted to sin. Because every time we fall into sin, it's predicated by a temptation to sin. And it's in that moment, like Joseph in Potiphar's wife's house, where we have this opportunity. There's always gonna be a way of escape. There's always gonna be the moment when we can say no but we find ourselves drunk, we find ourselves high, we find ourselves angry, we find ourselves looking at porn when we said yes when we should have said no. And sometimes it's a minor thing, it doesn't have a gigantic impact on our lives, on our soul, on our destiny, but there's times where we say yes to things that actually opens a door to the enemy to come back and attack us. Like, people will be struggling with all these demonic dreams or nightmares, or they'll hear voices and stuff's moving in their house, and they're like, I don't understand why I'm struggling with all this demonic stuff, but yet you have said yes to paying $12 for a bunch of horror movies. You opened the door to the enemy and said, yes, come on in and mess with my soul, so the enemy does, and then you're like, I don't know why I'm struggling with the demonic. It's because you said yes when you should have said no. 
Same thing with sexual sin, heterosexual sin, homosexual sin, all kind of sexual sin. When we, all we watch on Netflix and Hulu and, and movies is, is sin, sexual sin, and then our thought life and later our physical life enters into sexual sin. Like, I don't know how this all happened because you said yes when you should have said no. So many times we welcome people here to Uncommon Church. We, we, we swing the doors open. They're welcome to take our, our, our growth track and get plugged into our church family, become members of the church. They're welcome to join our small groups. They're welcome to join dream teams, build communities, come to Wednesday night prayer. But they say no time after time. And then after a year, they leave the church and go, well, I just never fit in. I never felt connected. It's because you said no when you should have said yes. I have been swimming in the beautiful waters of the book of Matthew. I encourage you guys to read it on January 2nd for our 21 days. I, I finished it, but I just can't stop reading the book of Matthew. There's something about the way and the details that Matthew recorded the ministry of Jesus. So we're gonna go to Matthew chapter 16, but I have to set it up. This is in the middle of Jesus's ministry, but nobody has really called him the Messiah. Like, so far, they just think he's a, a rabbi, they think he's a teacher, they think he's amazing because of the miracles, but nobody has said, dude, you are the Messiah, you are the Savior, you're the one we've been praying for. So the disciples are following Jesus, Jesus takes them on a field trip, they go up to the north of Israel to an area called Caesarea Philippi, way up in the north of Israel, and Jesus turns around to the 12 and he goes, hey, who are people saying that I am? And some people are like, uh, you could be John the Baptist, which is impossible. You could be the prophet Elijah. Talk about impossible. Elijah had been dead for 850 years. And then they say something plausible. You could be the prophet Jeremiah. He had only been dead for 550 years. And Jesus is like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Who do you say that I am? And Peter, I love the loud mouth, Peter. I can, I can feel, I can commiserate with a loud mouth. Peter says, dude, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And here's Jesus' response in verse 17. Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. My Father in heaven revealed this to you. I tell you, you're Peter, and on this rock I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, if you're new to Jesus stuff, there's a lot to break down in what I just read. So I'm gonna go back to verse 17 and briefly recap verse 17 and 18, and then we're gonna talk about verse 19. So in verse 17, go back and there's a slide, I think, just for verse 17. Jesus said, all right, Peter, because you have recognized that I'm not just a rabbi, I'm not just a teacher, I am the Messiah, I am the Christ, I am the son of the living God, there is a blessing on you, Peter, for saying that. All of you need to understand, when you say yes to Jesus, there's a blessing that falls on your life. And then <laughs> there's kind of a name change happening here, because up until this point, he was referring to as Simon. But you have to understand, in the ancient Jewish world, in Jesus' time, the Roman Empire had conquered Israel. And the Roman Empire was set up on the foundation of the Greek Empire. So almost everybody in the Mediterranean world would have had two names. They would have had a name that they used in their native language, in their native country, which for Simon would have been Shimon, which means to hear, to listen. 
But then, oh, by the way, Bar Jonah, the word Bar means son. So he was just saying, you are Shimon, the son of Jonah. But they also, most people would have had a Greek name because people would have spoke, spoken Greek around the Mediterranean world. Everybody would have been bilingual. So in, I don't know for sure if this is the first time that Shimon is referred to as Peter, which is the word Petros, which is the word rock, or if it's in this moment, for the very first time, Jesus is changing his Greek name, and then from now on, the Bible refers to Shimon as Peter, as Petros. But he said, yes, you were Shimon, the son of Jonah, the one that listened to the gospel, and you said yes. And because of that yes, I am going to bless you. And because of that yes, that I am the Messiah, that's a rock, Petros, that I can build on. And that revelation, Peter, that did not come to you from your own head or your own heart. That revelation that Jesus is the Messiah only comes from the Father. You can't think your way into salvation. You can't educate yourself into knowing that Jesus is Lord. The only way is that the Holy Spirit reveals it to your heart and you say yes to Jesus. So the Father in heaven opens up Peter's heart. He says yes. And here's the sad thing. So many people said no. 2,000 years ago. Those are the people that put Jesus on the cross. And unfortunately, there's still people today that hear the message about Jesus, and then they say no and walk away. Now, jump down to verse 18, because on verse 18, he's saying, yeah, you are the rock, and on this rock, the revelation that Jesus is Messiah, I can build my, what, church. Small problem, Jesus didn't say the word church. Look it up in the original Greek we have recorded it poorly in all of our English translations, but because church comes from the German word kirch, it does not come from the original language. Jesus said on the revelation of saying, yes, that I am the Messiah, I will build my ecclesia. And an ecclesia is a gathering of citizens that are influential, and they are from one nation that is taking over another nation. And an ecclesia is a gathering of people that will move and be sent to another nation to conquer that nation, not through military force, but through culture. They're going to buy businesses. They're going to change the culture. They're going to change the laws. They're going to change the entertainment. They're going to change the language. They're going to change the culture of another city into the culture of the city they came from. That's that gathering of people, that assembly of people is called an ecclesia. That's how Greek culture spread throughout the whole Mediterranean empire. That's a whole other sermon that I could do 30 minutes on that I won't. In fact, I've done that sermon. It's probably somewhere in our YouTube archive. Let's move on for time. Jesus says, on the revelation that you say yes, that Jesus is Messiah, I'm going to build an ecclesia. And the gates of hell will not prevail against that ecclesia. Can we talk a little bit about gates? Gates are for defense, not offense. Gates don't move. So, what, so here are the gates of hell. The ecclesia moves into the mid-cities of Texas, and the ecclesia sees that the gates of hell have established a beachhead here. And the ecclesia, the church, on the revelation that they've said yes to Jesus as Messiah, pushes back on the gates of hell in our city, and the gates of hell will not prevail against this uncommon ecclesia. You will overcome the gates of hell. Think about what a gate does. 
A gate is an entrance, it's a doorway. It is an access point that is either open or closed to the next realm. It is a yes or a no. A gate is a yes or a no. And what Jesus is prophesying is that the gates of hell, when you push against them, the answer is going to be yes, because the gates of hell will not prevail against this ecclesia. Verse 19, Jesus then prophesies over them. He says, listen, listen, listen carefully. This is what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. There is a gate, but I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. You will have access to the kingdom of heaven and all of its power and all of its glory and all of its dominion, I'm giving it to my followers. I'm giving that access point to anybody that says yes to me. Now, he was prophesying over them because Jesus had to go and get the keys. He had to go into the cross. He had to defeat sickness. He had to defeat death. He had to defeat hell. He had to defeat the demons. He had to defeat the kingdom of darkness so that he could then return and give us the keys. And whoever has the keys has the authority. So the keys are a giant yes from heaven. You say yes to me, I'm gonna say yes to you. I'm gonna give you my keys. I'm gonna give you access to my power. I'm gonna give you access to my kingdom. I'm gonna give you access to my name. I'm gonna give you access to my presence. Jesus said yes, you can enter. And for some reason, there's so many Christians that stand outside of the gates of the power and presence of God holding the keys in their hand because they never put the key in the lock and turn the gate and walk into what God has called them to do. Church family, I want you to say yes to walking in to the power and presence of the kingdom of heaven in your life. That you would not just be an innocent bystander. You would not just be a, I don't know, I'm along for the ride. No, my friend. You would say yes to the power and presence of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. You hold the keys that Jesus gave you. They are a gigantic yes. The only reason you would not step in to that power and authority of the kingdom of heaven is because for some reason you put those keys in your pocket and you say no. In verse 19, he says, I'm going to give you these keys, and whatever you bind on the earth, the Lord says, I'll back you up, and I'll bind it in heaven. And whatever you loose on the earth, I'll back you up, and I will bring heaven, and I'll loose it on the earth for you. This concept of binding and loosing has been taught in churches for a long time, but it usually sounds something like this. Well, bless God, I bind in the name of Jesus every single demonic power in every realm in the entire world, and I loosen my belt so I can get gluttonous at Denny's at midnight. Bless God. When I hear preachers like that, I get a little concerned because I'm like, bro, you can't even bind the power of your addiction to pornography and food, and you're going after like witchcraft, demonic strongholds in Africa and, and Asia. Why don't you slow your roll a little bit before you get run over by a demonic Mack truck? Like you need to know your yes and your no. You need to understand the concept of binding and loosing, that you can put this phrase to work. You have to understand its context. So what I want to do is give you the perspective. When Jesus is up there, it's, it's a mountainous region. Up, it's just the foothills of the Golan, of the Golan Heights meets Mount Hermon. It's, it's a rocky, mountainous area. And Jesus, I have to picture in my imagination, is sitting on a rock, and he's got the 12 nearby, and he's just talking with them. And he says, guys, 
I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on the earth, I'll bind it up in heaven. I'll back you up. And whatever you loose on the earth, I'm going to loose in heaven. But you have to understand, Jesus is Jewish. The disciples are Jewish. They're all living under strict Jewish law. And in Jewish law, many, 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 many things are forbidden. And many, 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 many things are permitted. So, for example, the Jews, by law, were told they have to eat kosher, meaning when you eat kosher, there's, you know, crab and snake and, and, and things that, that are food that most people in that world would have eaten, they is forbidden. But animals that have a hoof, like, you know, cows and chickens that, that are, you know, not a hoof, but the point is in the scriptures, they say that there's foods that are permitted and foods that are forbidden. If a Jew were to touch a dead animal, on the side of the road to move it out of the way. That mean, that's forbidden, they have become unclean. If a Jew were to touch blood of something, that's forbidden, they would become unclean. If To walk into the home of a Gentile, forbidden, that makes you unclean. And Jesus is telling the disciples, in the mind of a Jew, listen, I am gonna give you access to the power of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you forbid on the earth, I'll forbid, I'll back you up. And whatever you permit, I will permit through you and with you. I'm giving you a yes and a no. And it has nothing to do with dietary rules. It has to do with the kingdom of power, the kingdom of heaven moving through your life. You have the keys and it is you that's up to saying yes or no of what you will forbid and what you will permit in your life. Your words have power when you speak. And most Christians don't really truly understand the power of their yes and the power of their no, especially in prayer. I remind you of this whole concept of where our words having power came from. We're created in the image of God. Genesis 1:27, God created man in his own image. You were created male and female in the image of God. By the way, that's how many genders there are because the Bible says so. It's not up for debate. It's not up for confusion. I hate filling out forms when it's like M, F, or there's like all these 14 other things. I'm like, the Bible said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, that there are two genders. It is not up for debate. I believe the Bible to be true. Let's not get carried away because a lot of people are struggling. I'm just saying it's clear in the Bible. Just have to believe the Bible. We just have to say yes to the Bible. We're created in the image of God. When God spoke, he created the heavens and the earth. When we speak, we create because there is power to create. Our words are powerful. Our tongues can bring life. Our tongues can bring death. Proverbs chapter 18 says death and life are in the power of your tongue. If there's life and death in the power of your tongue, why? Because you're created in the image of God. And when God spoke, he creates universe. When you speak, you create a yes or you create a no. You create life or you create death with the words that you speak. You're prophesying over your tomorrow what kind of life you're going to have tomorrow by what you're speaking today. If you're speaking death over your life, I can guarantee you what tomorrow is going to be like. If you're speaking Sickness, you're going to walk right into it. If you're speaking addiction, you're going to walk right into it. If you're speaking death, you're going to live that out. If you're speaking life, 
you're prophesying life over your tomorrow. So you have to be careful what you say yes to, and you have to be careful what you say no to. And you need to learn that when there's a demonic attack, when there's a sickness attack, when there's an attack coming against you and you know it is not from God, you know it is from the enemy, you need to learn in prayer how to say no out loud. No, I will not give in to fear in the name of Jesus. No, I will not give in to this addiction in the name of Jesus. No, I will not allow sickness into my home in the name of Jesus. No, I will not give in to depression. I will not give in to anxiety. I will not give in to lust. I will not give in to pride. I will not give in to anger. I will trust the Lord with my life. Remember, it's a permission and a forbidding issue. It's I do not give the devil permission to come at me. I cancel the assignment of the enemy by saying no to the works of darkness and I say yes to whatever Jesus has for me. I have the keys, the access point, the gate, the yes to the kingdom of heaven. I'll take everything that comes out of that gate and I'll say no to everything that comes out of the gates of hell. And I, I, I say no <laughs> in a sermon when you're inspired and you're reading verses off the screen, you're like, amen, yes, praise the Lord. But on a Monday morning, it's like, well, we'll just see how I feel. You can't be led by your emotions and your feelings. This is not an issue. This is an issue of faith, and this is an issue of trusting the word of God. This is an issue of trusting the kingdom of God. Because you're often rarely going to feel like saying no in that moment. By the time you're already being handed the joint, by the time you've already pulled up a porn site, by the time you're already at the bar for that thing with your friends after work, and there's a drink slip, by the time you're already screaming and cursing at your kids or your spouse, you have already said yes. The no comes a lot sooner than that. So be careful what you say yes to coming in a, to agreement in your life. Earlier, I, I used the example that that I don't know why I'm struggling with all these demonic strongholds and demonic dreams and demonic thoughts. It's because you paid $12 to watch a movie and, and you opened the window and said yes to demonic oppression in your life. Which, by the way, is a good lesson for parents. Parents, you are the gatekeeper of your home. You're the gatekeeper of the entertainment that comes into your home. You're the gatekeeper of your children's phone. You're the gatekeeper of the iPad. You're the gatekeeper of everything that comes. You are responsible to raise your children to know the Lord and to, to, to honor the Lord. But what I want to teach you to do, parents, partner with your children. Don't helicopter them and make every decision for them. If they're two or three, you can make every decision for them. I'm talking about as they get older. Partner with your children. Teach them. Have discussions with your kids as to why we say yes to this and why we say no to that. My kids are all adults in their 20s, and they will occasionally reach out and be like, hey, I was thinking about this or that. What are your thoughts? I'm like, I don't know. What have you researched? Well, this or that. Well, let's just. They're, they're adults. And we're still having an ongoing discussion of, of, of how to say yes to things and how to say no to things. It's, it's a permission point. Mom and dad, it's kind of like um, I'm from the Maryland area, right side of Washington, D.C. So oftentimes whenever we're on the East Coast, we'll go visit Washington. We'll walk around all the sites and all that. So you're going to go stand on the west side of the White House and, and that famous picture where there's always thousands of tourists taking picture. There is an actual gate there where you can't, now most of the staff go around the back, there's like a big staff gate, but there's an actual gate, you see it in the movies, and it's got those giant black thick bars, and it's got many layers. Let's say you were invited to the White, to the White House, and they told you to come to the West Gate. Before you ever get there, you have to send a photocopy of two forms of photo ID, and they're gonna do a full background check on you. And then they tell you, all right, you're approved, you can come to the gate, to the outside of the gate, 
on Tuesday at 10 a.m. for your meeting with, you know, whatever. And you go to the gate and you've got your two forms of ID. And then someone is going to come outside the gate and take your two forms of ID and look at you and then go inside and double check you again. And then if you're given permission, you'll be allowed through the first gate. And by the way, the first gate closes behind you and you're stuck between two gates. And then they're going to start taking pictures of you and scans of you and facial recognition of you. And then if they were still getting permission, you're going to get brought, there's a little white building there, and you get brought in. It's got a metal detector. It's probably got some sort of MRI, holograph, machine. I don't know what it does, but it, it makes sure you are who you say you are. And they're going, to, they're going to scan every stitch of your clothing and everything that you've got in your hand. And then if you're still given permission, another gate is going to open, and you're still not even at the White House. You're still at the gate, but you have been given permission. You have been given access. That's the way we should treat our minds. We should not allow the things and thoughts of this world and what's going on in people that are not believers in Jesus to have access to our minds. At every point of our thought life, at every point of our hearts, at every point of our TV, of our phone, of what we're entertained with, there needs to be a gate. There needs to be a checkpoint. And if it doesn't smell like the kingdom of God, it is forbidden from giving access to you. It is forbidden from, ch from changing the, your culture of your heart. And if we would open the doors to the Bible, we would open the doors to the presence of God, we would, we, we would be entertained by the things of God, we will not be entertained by the things of this world. We would only give access to things that encourage us and strengthen us and, and, and put life into us. But the choice is ours. He has given us the keys. He's given us the authority to, to, to access these things or to deny these things. Your words are powerful. What you say yes to matters. What you say no to matters. We're going to wrap up with this. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, because I can't stop reading the book of Matthew. Thank you, Matt. I tell you that on the day of judgment, this is Jesus talking, people are going to give an account for every careless word they speak or type on social media comments. For by your words you'll be acquitted and by your words you'll be condemned. When you say, <clears throat> I'm just never gonna get healed of this disease, you're giving permission to stay sick forever. When you say, oh, I'm always gonna be poor and struggle with money, I'm always gonna be in debt, you're giving permission to always be poor. When you say, well, I'm just, I guess I'm never gonna get married, you're closing the door to what God might wanna do in your future. And by the way, can I just say on an issue like this, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much, he chose to take your sin to the cross. And he took our sin to the cross, he defeated sickness, death, hell, and the grave. Is that right? He doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe us a spouse, he doesn't owe us a new car, he doesn't owe us a better job, he doesn't owe us anything. But sometimes we can feel so entitled when we pray. And be like, God, you know, I, I have been living for you, and you owe me this. Ever since the cross, he doesn't owe us anything. However, he is a loving father. He wants to bless us. He has adopted us into his family. He is a loving father that wants to give good gifts to his children. He wants to reward those who diligently seek him. He's given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven, but he doesn't owe us anything. So he doesn't owe you success in life. We owe him everything. He doesn't work for us, we work for him. Is that, can I get an amen? All right. So be careful what you say because your words will be weighed and every careless word could be held against you at the judgment seat. So basically, don't speak unless you're gonna speak life, unless you're gonna say yes to the kingdom of heaven. Don't speak 
Because you have to be careful what you say. And you absolutely need to learn to say no when you feel the devil attacking you. And when you, I want you to learn to pray that no out loud. Now, why do you need to pray out loud? Because the devil doesn't know what you're thinking. The devil does not have access to your thoughts. So you have to be able to get verbal with your no when you're forbidding something from the enemy. When I was writing this in my notes yesterday, it made me smile because I remembered a story, speaking of the Secret Service. We, this is about 10 years ago. We were in Philadelphia on the 4th of July. And um, there was a huge parade, hundreds of thousands of people, people speaking from the, the Liberty Center there. And it was just, so it was so mad, crazy crowd. We went around behind Independence Hall. Independence Hall is that old colonial building where they literally signed the Declaration of Independence and they signed the Constitution. Amazing, beautiful old building. Josie wanted to like to teach the children like a little teaching moment and she wanted to read a plaque and all that. And, and I have the kids and she just took off kind of like fast paced walking, but the grass was a little tall and it was a little bit wet. So she's staring at her feet and just zooming for this plaque up by Independence Hall. But I, I'm back with the kids and I'm seeing the big picture. I've got the wide shot. I'm seeing a motorcade of black SUVs with little American flags on the bumpers. I'm seeing men and women in suits that are not facing the building, they're all facing my wife. I'm seeing two guys in black tactical gear on the roof of Independence Hall, one of them with gigantic binoculars, the other one bending down with a sniper rifle pointed at my wife. There is one man in a suit going, ma'am, 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 stop right there as he's drawing for his weapon. My wife did not know she was about to meet then Vice President Joe Biden, who was right inside that double door behind the, that plaque she was trying to go read. But these Secret Service agents were not quiet about forbidding her to come near to the guy they were protecting. We need to get verbal when we're denying access to our soul, to our children's soul, to our family. We need to say yes to the Lord and out loud say no when the enemy is coming against us. Hop up on your feet as we wrap this up. We need to learn how to out loud in worship, out loud in prayer, say, yes, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of your power. I want more of your kingdom in my life. I need more of your anointing. Lord, I, I want you to teach your kids how to say yes and no. And you don't need to be like, children, bless God, today I'm going to teach you binding and loosing. No, all you're going to teach your kids is red light, green light. And if something is coming from the kingdom of God, green light, and if something is coming from the enemy, you teach your kids, red light, you're forbidden from coming at me. Do you realize you are not a powerless victim in life? You are not some little rowboat tossed around by the waves of the ocean. You are a mighty battleship because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. You're a mighty warship. You have access to the kingdom of heaven. He's given you his yes. He's given you his keys. Be very careful what you say yes to. You represent the kingdom of heaven in your life. The secret service agent that was yelling at my wife represented the full weight and power of the U.S. government. 
and they know who they were speaking on behalf of and the authority and power that was there to back up what they were saying. You need to know that when you say yes to the things of God, that there is an authority, there is a power that comes behind you. And you need to learn that when you say no, that there is an authority, there is a power that's backing you up when you say no in the name of Jesus. Can I just say something that's not in my notes? There's times in our life when we feel like we have said yes to Jesus in an area and there wasn't a move of God. And here's the, here's, here's the heartbreaking part. This has happened in my own life. There's times in my life where I have said no and I have still or my family has still been punched in the mouth by the devil. I do not have an explanation for that. But I will not blame God for what he didn't do. I will continue to honor him and serve him and learn more about him. But I will not let my heart go cold. Only the backslider will judge God by what he didn't do. My faith is in him. My faith is in his yes. My faith is in his power and in his kingdom. And I am not going to lose my peace because I sometimes lose a battle. I know who has won the war. So I just want to encourage you. You're like, listen, I've said no, and I still got punched in the mouth by the devil. Freedom track starts next week. I'm kidding, not kidding. If you're carrying that pain of I said yes to the Lord and no to the devil, and I still lost that battle against the devil, and I'm, you're carrying that fear, that pain, I would strongly encourage you to sign up for our freedom track. It's eight weeks to help you deal with those painful situations in your life. If you're here this morning or you're watching online and you've never said yes to Jesus, that's how it started for Peter. That's the rock on which the church is built, is saying yes, that Jesus is the Messiah. And if you've never said yes to Jesus, that's, that's the decision you have to make right here, right now. You have to decide, yes, I'm all in with Jesus, or no, I'd rather go to hell. It's just that simple. There's no middle ground. You are, it, it's not, you are saved or you are not saved. You're not a little saved. You, like, you can't be a little dead. It's, it's, it's one or the other. It is an absolute value. It is a, a, a plus or a minus. It is a zero or a one. You are either in right relationship with God or you are not. And I can lead you in a prayer to say yes to Jesus. Now, I can't pray it for you. You have to pray it. It has to come from your heart and it has to come out loud. Yes, I repent of my sin. I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking you to be the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord of my heart. It might be the first time you've ever prayed a prayer like this. I find for a lot of people, it's the first time in a long time. Maybe they walked with God as a younger person, but over time they said yes to the devil more and no to God more, and then years later, they're in a, a mess. They've walked away from their faith, their lives are inundated with sin. It's okay, God's not mad at you, but this is the moment where you repent and you stop and you say yes to Jesus and you turn back to the love of the Father because he loves you so much. I wanna lead you in a prayer, but I'd like to know who I'm praying for. If you're here this morning and you're like, your heart is pounding out of your chest, you feel nauseous and butterflies in your stomach, a little bit of sweat dripping down the back of your neck because you so desperately wanna say yes to Jesus, I wanna encourage you to do so because that's the best decision you'll ever make. That's the best yes you'll ever say. That's when he's gonna hand you the keys to the kingdom 
of heaven. If you're here this morning and you want to pray that prayer, you want to get right with Jesus, either for the first time or the first time in a long time, would you shoot your hand up real high so I know who to pray for? And just say, preacher, pray for me. Today's my day to get right with God. Is there anybody in here? And you're like, I see your hand over there. Is there anybody else? Just shoot your hand up. I see your hand over there. Is there anybody else? Shoot your hand up real high. Good. Yay, God. What about those of you that are watching online? Two people raised their hand and said, I'm getting right with God today. Right there in your living room, right just watching YouTube between you and God, just raise your hand and say, I'm going to pray that prayer. I'm going to get right with God today. I can't pray it for you, but I can help you. If you believe it in your heart, why don't we all pray this out loud? Say, dear Jesus, yes, forgive me of my sin. Yes, be the Lord of my life. Lord, I surrender my heart to you. And I receive the gift of eternal life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for adopting me. Thank you for empowering me. Thank you for saying yes to me. I say yes to you, Jesus. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Let me just pray for you for a moment. Father in heaven, I pray that you would give Uncommon Church and those watching online the revelation of the power of their yes and their no. And Father, I pray by your Holy Spirit that you would expose anything in our hearts, anything on our Netflix, anything on our history of, of what we've watched or seen. If we have said yes to the enemy, I pray that in the name of Jesus, our people would say no today. And we break off the assignment of every demonic force that would come against our church. We close every door, we close every window. We say no to the devil and we say yes to you. So Lord, forgive us if we have been careless with our yes. Forgive us if we have been careless with our no. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would wash us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And we as an ecclesia, we change the culture of the mid-cities to become like the kingdom of God. And we push back against the gates of hell and we declare yes and amen. Jesus is Lord over our house. Jesus is Lord over this city. And we push back the gates of darkness in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Hey, the two of you that prayed that prayer for the first time and the first time in a long time, I am so proud of you. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Wow. All right, we're going to do a few things all at the same time. Our prayer team is going to come down to the front. If you're watching at home online and you raised your hand between you and God, if you said yes to Jesus, I want you to text that name, Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, to 817-405-2244. All that's gonna do is send an auto response form to your phone. Please fill that form out and click submit because we wanna to begin to pray for you. We wanna encourage you in your walk with God. We've got this Jesus wall over here, which is the name of Jesus spelled out in light bulbs. We wanna write your initials on a light bulb and screw it into our Jesus wall. We wanna have you get baptized in a few moments. One of our children from our kids' ministry is gonna get baptized and I want you guys to shout and celebrate. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.